Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in for the Hootsard Huddle podcast presented by HootsardHuddle.com. It's the pot of open discussion and open dialogue. We talk about a handful of topics that fall under the blanket of sports, entertainment, politics, and business. These are my friends, my people, my fam. You are now inside the huddle. Bring it in, Michael Hotard, back for another episode of the Hotard Huddle Podcast. Joining me uh, once again for some NFL talk, Danny Hillman, Matt Labatu. Chopping it up three weeks in a row. I like it. We're on a roll. Um, but, you know, as we discuss more on the NFL, we know what the top story is. It's not even close. Um, there's no dancing around it, of course. We're going to start this off talking about the resignation of John Gruden. Now, uh, Washington football team was probed uh, and investigated for basically a shitty work environment, which let's not pretend Dan Snyder is a nice guy. He's a piece of shit. So owner of the Washington Reds or formerly Washington Redskins, now Washington football team. Um yeah, no surprise his work environment's awful because, again, dude's a piece of shit. Well, during that investigation, of course, John Gruden got outed for a series of emails dating from 2011 um, to 2018. And naturally, some bad comments were uncovered in emails with him and then-president Bruce Allen, along with some other big-name business owners uh, who... I will have to look up the name really quick, but uh, uh, one was the co-founder of Hooters. Um, there was a couple of other like prominent business owners uh, involved in some emails. But long story short, just to kind of tell the story here. Um, so the first email that was found was during the lockout uh, back in 2011. He was talking about Damaris Smith, who is... Um, involved with the NFLPA. He's their executive director. He was obviously public enemy number one for the National Football League uh, for a lot of people during that time, mainly for uh, franchise owners, things like that, um, as he was bargaining for the rights of the players. Well, um, Gruden made a comment to Morris Smith, uh, obviously alluding to his name, making fun of that, calling him dumb, has lips the size of Michelin tires, um, and that caught him in hot water. Well, Gruden didn't really apologize for it. He just kind of defended it, um, just saying, you know, I vented a little bit with my friends about certain things. That was something he told The Athletic. And he, he did everything but apologize um, and he defended his comment of calling him Michelin lips. And he said he refers uh, to liars as rubber lips. So, and he said, I went too far calling him Michelin lips. Uh, never had a blade of racism in me. I was pissed and I used a terrible way to insult a guy. Um, there was just, the remorse wasn't there. And then there wasn't really an I'm sorry until after he was essentially forced to resign. Um, now, I was reading this because one of the questions I naturally had during this whole fiasco was, well, you know, 
he's resigning, shouldn't he be fired? But I found out upon researching that, that there were reports, if he resigns, he doesn't get paid. Whereas if he's terminated, he still gets pay for that large contract that he signed. Um, So that's probably why a resignation was in order um, versus him getting canned essentially. But it didn't stop there. Um, He called Roger Goodell a homophobic slur. Uh, He received and sent photos of women only in bikini bottoms, which also included two Washington cheerleaders. Um, There was a sexist meme um, shared by uh, Ed Rose, who is the Hooters co-founder. A sexist meme of female officials in 2017, and Gruden had responded to that with nice job, Roger, referring to Roger Goodell allowing females to officiate football. Um, 2015, um, he was one of the ones condemning the Redskin name change, uh, mocked Caitlyn Jenner in some of these emails after her transition, um, and then mocked the league for Michael Sam calling him a queer. Now, that being said, Gruden was also coaching the NFL's first openly gay player in Carl Nassib this year. So there's just a lot of layers um, that have sort of transpired. And now the NFL is calling or the NFL PA is calling for these emails to be released publicly, not just outing Gruden, but outing everyone involved with these hundreds upon hundreds of emails that were found uh, with the Washington football team. So it has been a tumultuous week for Washington football team. Also for John Gruden specifically initial thoughts on this. You know, I wrote this in the column. I've always been a big John Gruden fan. Always love the, you know, his commentary on Monday night football. He was always a fun personality. I love Gruden's QB camp. There was a lot of great elements that he added to the NFL And then it all unravels. Um, And with a track record of homophobia, misogyny, racism to some degree, it's this is who he is. I mean, there's no walking back, especially when you have emails that were sent within the last three years. This isn't there's a 55 year old man or I'm sorry, a 50, 58 year old man with 55 years of this kind of language, this kind of behavior. And of course the people that defend him say, well, you've said some fucked up shit. Yeah, we all have, but there's no remorse on his end for it. And it's also three years of a nearly 60 years on this earth. Like let's not sit here and pretend that this guy's just changed dramatically in the last three years. That doesn't happen. This is who John Gruden is. There's no way to spin this otherwise. Yeah, and I mean, the, the other thing that you mentioned, like the apology, I'm tired of hearing people apologize because they got caught. That's really what it is, you know. Um, at, at least take some ownership. Like, hey, yeah, it was completely out of line. I thought it was said in private amongst friends. Um, I should have known better. I'm an idiot. Uh, do I think that still would have been okay? Absolutely not. But to just sit there and say, I never meant to hurt anyone. Um, Even if you're saying it jokingly, it's you're jokingly insulting someone. Um, And then to take it up a notch further and insult someone 
based on any type of physicality, you know, physical, um, sexual, or uh, just overall lifestyle preference, choice, uh, you know, what skin color they are. Um, that's not just joking around, you know, um, that's not just sitting there saying something tongue in cheek. Um, and like you said, Mike, with so many examples, you know, it's, it's almost like the, the Spider-Man meme, you know, like everybody gets one. Well, John, your one was done judging by these emails, probably circa like 1973, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a pattern. Um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to hear what um, Keyshawn Johnson said, you know, about it, um, but real good, you know, commentary. Um, he had his personal feelings towards Gruden. He said he always felt like he was slimy and a fraud, um, you know, and then he does his radio show with Jason Williams and, and they both kind of chimed in and said, well, at what point is the quote unquote locker room talk? no longer acceptable. Like, you know, at what point do you get to stop using that as an excuse? Um, because that's really kind of what it seems like it is. Also, I mean, if you're putting something in an email, uh, that means you're intending on at least one other person to know that thought. You're not just saying it under your breath. You're not just saying it, not meaning anything. You're purposely taking the time to type those words, those specific words. You know, if you want to call Demore Smith, you know, an asshole, call him an asshole. If you want to call him an idiot, call him an idiot. But you can't say stuff like that. You can't say stuff about Goodell the way he did. Um, and I'm no fan of Goodell. You know, I know Saints fans around here sure as hell aren't fans of Goodell. <laughs> but you can't say that, you know. Um, I think that the NFL, whether it's because of this Redskins report and they tried to get out in front of it or what, for the most part, has done a, a, a decent job at turning the page and showing that it's no longer condoned. The problem with the NFL is they waited entirely too long. And that, that you and I have talked about it, Mike. It seems like the NBA is always two steps ahead with stuff like this. In terms, the NFL, of, social, in terms of social issues, yes. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it. I don't think Gruden ever coaches again. I don't think you ever see him on TV again. I think he, you know – retires somewhere you know in the mountains where maybe no one can hear him maybe, maybe with that, oan they'll probably yeah. find him there well maybe maybe find a place without wi-fi john that might do you some good but yeah he's done yeah i i completely agree with you danny i don't think he ever sniffs another coaching development scouting whatever you want to call it i don't think he gets a job in the nfl ever again not after uh, I think it was Adam Schefter said he did the trifecta of, uh, you know, basically belittling groups of people, you know, uh, going from gays to, to black people to women. You like can't to point out, the Hotard Huddle said that. I don't know if Adam Schefter did, but the Hotard Huddle sure as shit did. <laughs> like for, for a multi-billion dollar business like the NFL is, you can't have this stuff come out. And, and it's proof. It, it's physical. You can see it. Everybody in the world can see it. You can't deny it. Like, how can you have this man go up and represent your gigantic business that's trying to be more inclusive? Like, I heard a stat today that 40-something percent of NFL viewership is women. Like, 
you can't have a league going forward trying to get women into the game, whether it's watching football or, or playing fantasy football, be, because I know a lot of women that play fantasy football now. It's becoming really popular. You can't have somebody belittling women saying they shouldn't be referees and, and things like that when there's absolutely no reason why a woman can't be a referee that learns the same exact rules that a man learns and could do the same exact job. It's just it's ridiculous. Anybody that's that's on a pedestal sticking up for him, I think you're also ridiculous. This is a 48 year old man at the time. Uh, I think it was what 2011. He was 48 or 50, something like that. Yeah. In the age of social 50. media, we've had social media for a while in 2011. In the age of smartphones, like the guy is an idiot if he wants to send all the. And you can say what you want that people say shit in private. Sure, everybody says you know shit in private. I'm not naive, but how many people are ballsy enough and comfortable enough? This man was comfortable enough to send all this in an email that other people could see. Work-related emails. Work-related. The NFL owns these accounts that you know receive these emails. Like, how dumb can you be? That's the part that gets to me. Is he was so comfortable sending this? Like, can you imagine what we don't know that he said? And another thing is, this all comes from the Washington Football Team investigation. I really want to know what happens uh, with the Washington Football Team. 650,000 emails or something like that that uh, they had to comb through and all they can find is shit about John Gruden and Adam Schefter. It's ridiculous. And and uh, Dan Snyder tries to pull this bullshit today with Sean Taylor's uh, jersey getting retired. You, they can say that they had this planned a couple of uh, weeks ago or whatever, and you can say it's just poor planning and it was already in the books. Well, then at best, you're completely bungled the entire thing and now you look bad. Well, you're so completely toned up to what's happening right now. Exactly. But you, you it's you almost like you're trying to brush it off and, and move past it. Uh, what were you going to say, Danny? I was just going to say, to speak to what you're saying, you knew this report was coming out. So don't blame it on bad planning. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, guys, it's Thursday. All right. The shit finally hit the fan. Deploy Sean Taylor retirement. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it's completely tone deaf. I just I, I don't I don't get it. I think we've only seen the tip of the iceberg with this whole investigation. One hundred percent. It's it's disgusting. I think there's there's no room for that toxic of a work environment. And you, and even going back to the Raiders, you have reports of, of people after John Gruden got there a year later, they quit because they couldn't take the toxic alpha attitude of John Gruden that, you know, he inserts himself and has to dominate everyone and apparently belittle everyone. And the last thing I'll bring up to, to get off of this is uh, I heard a really good comparison today from Colin Coward. He said a great comparison to what's happened is Bobby Knight. Once people started saying Bobby Knight couldn't say everything he used to say and couldn't say his, you know, sl- uh, s- you know, slick racist shit on the back door downhill, you see him freaking out, throwing chairs. And what do you see with John Gruden? They're trying to institute women in the NFL who, who doesn't respect freaks out. They put a black uh, black guy as the as the president of the Players Association trying to change the game, limit concussions, calls him out because he feels like he's threatened that they're trying to change the game. It's just it's ridiculous. I'm glad he's gone. Get him the fuck out of here. It's it's disgusting. Oh, well, and then, you know, maybe go into the player safety side of this. So maybe Gruden softened his stance on that since then, but the reality is, you know, we've seen, you know, the scientific effects of CT, you know, the scientific effect of concussions. Like there is nothing worse than the old fuck who is screaming. 
Well, football's not what it used to be. Okay, cool. Now go down your fucking bush lights and uh, go beat your wife, you piece of shit. Like, because that's yeah, the it's type of like we don't learn science or anything down there. Right. Line. Like, that's the type of people who are screaming this. It's always these old fucks who don't know their ass from a hole in the ground who are just terrible individuals. Um, and, you know, some of the other things that kind of came from this and, you know, one thing I kind of touched on that I do want to bring up, and that's, of course, the catalyst and all this, the biggest slime that needs to go more so than Donald Sterling is Dan Snyder. Um, Dan Snyder's had a bad NFL reputation for a long time. Like, to the point, I'm 30 years old. I've never heard any good of Dan Snyder. And... Um, you know, one of the things that I talked about is the name change itself. So, you know, for the longest time, the name, the term Redskin, right? So there is a report that constantly kept getting shared uh, by him defending the name, why he shouldn't change it. And he was like, you know, well, nine out of 10 Native Americans don't think it's offensive. Okay, well, nine out of 10 Native Americans equates to 910,000 that do find it offensive. 910,000 people think that term is offensive. I don't care if that's a 1%. I don't care if that's 50% of the Native American population. It's a lot of people who don't like that term. What is the net positive by keeping that name? And he fought for it. They eventually changed it. And of course, now they're the Washington football team. Great name change, by the way. Creative mind sucks. Um but poor planning. wait, what's that? It was poor planning. That's their MO. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is the Washington football team. Um, you know, Chase Young sucks, obviously always find a way to bring it back to that, of course. But, um, you know, I, when I was kind of talking about this, I started looking stuff up and then there was a new study in 2020, uh, done by the university of Michigan and UC Berkeley. And it concluded that half found that term offensive. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you're a white male like me, it's not really up to you whether you can determine whether or not that term should be offensive because it's not targeting you because you're a white man. There's no term out there that targets you because you're a white man. And, you know, of course, people are going to say, oh, yeah, you know, white privilege doesn't exist. Yeah, kiss my ass because it does. Um, But, you know... It just, again, there's just an undeniable rap sheet of everything that's happening right now. There's no question about it. Gruden should be gone. Um, Washington football team, I want want the ground to burn on Dan Snyder. Because, again, I cannot stress this enough. You hear enough about it where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's been enough smoke for him to last a lifetime. The guy is a piece of shit. Um, Now, one name that kind of got brought up a second ago that I kind of want to bring up because I think this is also really important. And I will say he got out ahead and he did apologize, didn't deny it. That's Adam Schefter. Um, During this email probe, there was an email found of him basically uh, alluding to the fact that he sent a article that he had written about the Washington football team, I believe um, to, I believe it was Bruce Allen and, you know, said, Hey, 
check this out. This goes to press at 6 a.m. Tell me what you think. As someone who's been in the journalism world, it's a big, big, big no-no. You never send an article to the person you're writing an article about. The facts are the facts. You do that, there's an easy way. If they don't like the facts that are being presented, they can now give you alternative facts. There is such a moral and ethical problem with that. But that being said, Adam Schefter got out ahead and he said, yes, this was a problem. Now, has he done that more than once? Probably. I doubt it was an isolated incident. There's a reason he's an NFL insider. Let's not spin that either. Um, You know, you build a certain level of trust with these guys and that's how you get the inside information by scratching their backs on occasion. But there's just so many layers to this that can potentially unfold. Like the possibilities are kind of limitless as to how much of this ground can burn, how much turmoil has been caused. Um, But honestly, the worst part of it, in my opinion, is those photos that got leaked of all those women, including Washington cheerleaders. Like that's horrible. I mean, it's all horrible. But when I was reading about that, I just thought, like, Jesus Christ, dude, like, this is your organization. What, like, how are you allowing this to happen? That's shit you do in high school, man. Like, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, and I mean, the the other thing, too, um, I don't know if you guys tell me what you think, but we're all sitting here kind of jaw-dropped, right? Am I the only one that thinks that this is, like, the tip of the iceberg? that there's going to be stuff that I don't think we've ever fathomed, you know, that's going to come out in this report. I, I pray I'm wrong, you know, but if, if this was the leadoff hitter, you know, to kind of put it. Imagine you know, when Jack Parkman steps up to the plate. Yeah. Like what's the knockout punch, you know, where, where do we go with this? Um, pertaining to Schefter. I mean, I, I really like Adam Schefter, but I sit there and I'm like, well, He's he's first on a lot of stories a lot of times. Well, is he a journalistic reporter or is he a PR guy? Is he just doing a press release at this point? Um, Because if you're sitting there asking, you know, hey, I'm going to run this. What do you think? Is there anything you want me to take out? You're not reporting. You know, you're you're basically just doing their own press release you know you're a mouthpiece Uh, at that point yeah exactly so i'm interested to see what happens i think Schefter's. i mean here's the the other one that looks and i think it'll continue to look worse and worse and worse but when gruden you know was sending this email these emails at least some of them he was employed by espn adam Schefter, employed by espn Um, so now you're sitting there saying, Hey, you know, for the worldwide leader in sports, do you have a character issue? Because while you're releasing reporters, you know, and and letting reporters walk like Rachel Nichols, who I personally love, I think she's a hell of a reporter. Um, you're keeping guys around like Schefter or Gruden back in. Gruden got the the best announcing job on earth, Monday Night Football, you know? Um, So, I don't know. I just really, 
really want to see that report because I don't know what the knockout punch is, you know, and if it's someone that was probably thought he was untouchable in Gruden to fall so early in this, it's, it's going to be epic in all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Cause if, if this is only coming out, just like I said earlier about Gruden and, and Schefter, like I can't imagine all the other emails and, and conversations and exchanges that happen throughout the entire league like because this can't be just an isolated incident with only two sets of people that have these types of ideas and and how they express themselves and thinking this kind of you know talk and and demeaning nature is okay like i think and hopefully we find this out and and kind of root it out but i think we're like danny you were saying we're going to find out a lot of a lot of shit that kind of we couldn't even think was possible before uh before all this started coming out it's i think there's going to be some some bad stuff i I think a lot of stuff's going to come to light that maybe some people thought was true but now hopefully we'll have proof and and if the nfl wants to be progressive they can't have shit like this going on it's just it's such a black eye to to have people at the highest level and that's another thing we're talking about we're not talking about players who who are basically just out i don't want to put it say they're the workers but in a case here, they're the employer uh, employees that perform the job, right? You have guys that are coaches, general managers, owners who employ these guys they, that have to deal with people of every race, every ethnicity, sexual orientation. They have all of this power. They're in such high positions of power that, you know, they can make roster decisions that, you know, they may not come out and say it. Uh, I'll bring up one thing is Marquette King when he got cut by John Gruden. Do we have to go back and look at that? Because a lot of people think it was more of a personality kind of thing as opposed to talent. Because it's not he like was a, he was a sucked. flamboyant punter. Right. And, oh, you know, and a great one. A and great people liked one. Him. Yeah. It was popular with the fans. When your punter's that? moving jerseys, that's a good thing. Yeah. But I, what you guys are saying, you're talking about a release. What about a signing? Richie Incognito coming up away from Miami with all that, you know, he landed in Oakland, Vegas. Vegas you know? Now you question that. It's a good know, point. It's, it's a good point. You know, he was the, weren't they the first team to uh, go after Antonio Brown after all that stuff with the Steelers? Mm-hmm. I believe so. So it's just like, what kind of judgment does this guy have? You know, was his judgment in the best interest of the football team or, or was it just, you know, he wanted to get his, like, I would almost say yes, men where he knew, what kind of personality they were. And even if it was terrible, if it kind of agreed with how he thought, maybe he was, you know, more accepting to bring him over to the team, which is, is bad in itself, because then you're just promoting that toxic culture. And then your locker room just ends up being a mess. And, and you can tell, you know, it's not like he's been some guru when he's got to the Raiders. They, they have a, was it a little bit below 500 record? So it's not like he's out there winning freaking games, making the what? playoffs. That's been the criticism for him since getting to Oakland slash Vegas. I mean, he didn't win. Um, One point I want to bring up in all this um, is Roger Goodell, too. You know, it got mentioned earlier that Roger Goodell is not a popular commissioner. Um, He's especially hated New Orleans, and Danny can tell you this. I've defended him on more than one occasion. Roger Goodell has been dealt a shitty hand since entering as league commissioner and because of people our age they don't really remember 
a lot of the PR problems that Paul Tagliabue just ignored, the previous commissioner. And, you know, people our age, I'm not going to, I've done, I've done research on the NFL. You know, I've been a big NFL fan for a long time. And two very, very, very big issues that Roger Goodell had to come in and fix. Number one, first and foremost, player safety, CTE, concussions, because the NFL was a league that just ignored this. Oh, your head hurts? Cool. Here's some sniffing salts. Here's some pain pills. Figure it out. Um, You know, um, and you see that at the college level. You know, you see it at the high school level. It's still the same problems. So player safety, first and foremost. Now, of course, there's been some hypocrisies here and there. But at the end of the day, he's got a tough job because he has to balance the idea of player safety versus making money. Because at the end of the day, let's not forget Roger Goodell. Who does he work for? He works for all those owners. He works for the Jerry Jones, the Dan Snyders, the Bensons. Um, But... The other big issue was the arrest rates in the NFL. Those have fallen substantially. And if you take away the nine that I think Chris Henry, or not Chris Henry, I'm sorry, Adam Pacman Jones had, or the 11 when he was in the league, that number falls even more. Um, You know, he's had to deal with domestic violence. I wrote a column about this maybe two or three years ago. You know, NFL's had to deal with the domestic violence PR problem because of the Ray Rice video. There's still been fallout for that. Then you had the Kareem Hunt situation. You know, the league that has the lowest rate of people who commit domestic violence ever return to playing on the field? It's the NFL. The MLB is the worst committer of it. But guess who primarily watches Major League Baseball? It's white people. Old white people. So... Um, And then the NBA falls in the middle. So there's just a lot of PR problems that Roger Goodell has had to deal with. And here we are yet again for another one. And yet the NFL is still, at the end of the day, going to be the most profitable sports league. So all the shit that Roger Goodell gets, I don't care what you say. The numbers say he's the best commissioner in sports, period. So it's not Gary Bettman. (laughs) um no i mean goodell's goodell um he's he's the uh the villain we we all want and need um you know but that being said i think he kind of knew what he was signing up for when he took the job um to his credit he does have thick skin he just kind of tunes it out i think he actually uh even enjoys it a little bit, um, you know, getting booed on draft night, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. The domestic violence cases. Um, I think he was, I, when was the last year Tagliabue was there? Do you know? Cause I, I think it was I 2006 or 2007. Okay. So, 2000s. so was that before or after, was Goodell in there before or after the Mike Vick situation? Mike Vick was that was the 2000 was that 05 or 6 No, he was Mike Vick was fully there 05. Um I'm trying to remember. I think he played the full season of 06. It might have been 2007. Let me see. 
Well, while you're talking about it, I will so look up the actual yeah, facts. I, I appreciate Either way, it sounds like while he was just getting comfortable being commissioner, that that broke, right? Um, you know, the other thing that you uh, need to give him credit on, and I hate giving him credit, is uh, the balance he has being in a social media world where everything's available all the time, as you're seeing with the – Washington football uh, team scandal. Um, but he's progressed the league, you know, the London games. Um, I mean, he gets to put his name on that. And what he realizes is even if you're bitching about football being played in London, that means you know that it's being played in London. It means you're following along, you know, and they're only going to gain more. And it, gets more conversations. That's really what he's great at is creating more conversations. Well, maybe they'll have their own division in, in Europe someday, you know, and it, it talks to that. So uh, I love to hate Goodell, but yeah, I mean, good this on him. everyone else. And he plays into it. I mean, you mentioned That's it. Draft. Food on draft night. All he, he eats up the booze on draft night. It's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, with a smile. Um, was Goodell but, in a before this? What's that? Wasn't Goodell like an attorney before this or something? I have no idea. I All think I know so. is, so I did check it. He was sworn in 2006 as commissioner. Um, and the Michael Vick uh, incident happened in 2008. So, and it, you know, he's just dealt with PR nightmare after PR nightmare. Um, and the NFL still manages to come out ahead. You know, the other thing that Dot mentioned earlier, you know, who's a big catalyst for bringing that many eyes to the sport from the female perspective, Roger Goodell. He implements, you know, the the breast cancer awareness during October. He's he's done a lot of PR uh, to bring more eyes to the sport from women. Um, and, you know, obviously Super Bowl has continued to get bigger. Um, and, you know, speaking of that, Let's talk about this. You know, I, I, have we kind of cleared the air on everything with the scandal thus far? <laughs> yeah, the, the key is thus far. Thus far. We'll, I'm we'll sure there's going to be more we're going to talk about. <laughs> but this is a big thing. So NFL ratings are actually up this year. Um, I can't remember. It's either 13 or 17%. I think it's 17%. A 17%. Um, and... You know, I'm a big ratings person. I kind of looked at this all of last year um, during my weekly columns about the NFL. The reason I did that is because we obviously had the fallout with the ratings because of the protests, which led to steep decline and then slow decline, slow decline. And then it finally kind of came back up. So I wanted to see what would happen last year as a whole. Um, it remained relatively flat. Um, with, I believe, a small, very, very small increase. Um, and then this year, you're seeing a major jump now, you know, having fans back in the stands, having people having some sense of normalcy back, I think helps. Um, but, um, you know, the NFL is having a huge ratings boost. And a big part of that, too, um, is the stat that I've just found the most fascinating Um up until now, I mean, 80 games played, if you don't include the one we are currently recording during that's the Thursday night game between the Eagles and the Bucks, go Tampa Bay, of course. Um, 
but 19 of 80 of the games this year have come down to a last second possession or overtime. How freaking remarkable is that? I mean, just talking about that from an excitement standpoint, I mean, you think about the game in Green Bay or with Green Bay and Cincinnati, you think about uh, Cleveland and the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, that's just been this week alone. There's so many big, fun, exciting games that have happened, and we are just scratching the surface on the season. Yeah, so I think that's been definitely a lot of the reason why the ratings have been up 17% is how many freaking awesome football games have we had in, in the first five weeks. There's There's been, like you said, a ton that have come down to final possessions where you're, you know, you're kicking a 50-something yard field goal and kind of crossing your fingers like me when I bet the Ravens the other week. Uh, you know, it's there's been so much excitement. All, all the games have been great. There's been so much, uh, I think, offensive explosions, kind of, where you're seeing, like, you know, all these these receivers just putting up crazy numbers. These offensive uh, offenses going over three, four, five hundred yards of offense for the uh, for the entire game. So I definitely think it's it's to do with kind of this explosion in this new age NFL, where you're seeing, you know, these offensive uh, offenses come through and just light up the scoreboard. It's making for more exciting football. Uh, so, you know, I'm excited for, for what the rest of the season has. Yeah, uh, really two things. Um, none of what you guys just described has to do with my Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, no close games. Stop plugging no. the Jaguars. No one cares. Urban Meyer got his fame last how, week. How James he Robinson's very good. James Robinson is. That's why we I, have to – That's my RB2, baby. Yeah, that's why we don't use them at the one yard line for two weeks in a row. But the the other thing that, you know, with these games, this excitement, um, I think we can put to bed that we needed the four preseason games. Uh, yeah, I mean, Absolutely well, not. take a little bit. Teams are going to feel themselves out. No, no, no. Um, Mike, I think for two weeks in a row, you and I have talked about a game, you know, on the way home, you know, just from work or something like that. I'm like, man, that had like a playoff feel, you know, Brady Belichick had a playoff feel, you know, that Bengals Packers game had a playoff feel. Um, But it's just cool to see what's happening. It's cool to see that the teams you thought were going to be powerhouses, the Chiefs right now have to get it together. I'm sure they will, Um, but they're not off to the start. We thought they would be. They're supposed to be five and oh right now. You know, I think they have a losing record, don't they? Two and um, three. Two and three. You know, and in the meantime, the the Arizona Card. If you had the Arizona Cardinals as the last undefeated team in the NFL, um, give you a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, and, and that lotto ticket doesn't exist. You know, um, so it's cool to see all of that that's happening. It's cool to see the stories that are happening. You know, Jamar Chase, all the drops in the preseason, just to come out and probably be the clear favorite so far for the offensive rookie of the year. I mean, who else um, to see Justin Herbert come into his own, you know, he may uh, end up having one of the best rookie seasons. And I mean, Jamar chase by that may end up having one of the best rookie seasons since as far as receivers go, since probably Randy Moss. Rashawn yeah. Slater, offensive lineman, another step. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Slater's been great for for the uh, Chargers. And, you know, I kind of talked about this. Justin Herbert's still getting pressured. Make no mistake about it. 
uh, but it's not nearly to the magnitude as it was last year. And Justin Herbert, my God, he is entering God mode right now. Like I texted y'all this, I texted y'all this earlier this week and I will die on this hill at this point. Obviously the two who are the big names of the future of quarterbacks. I don't include someone like Dak in this because he's approaching 30s, 28, but still young. But Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert is in that conversation now and today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and it's been cool to see the quarterback play. Like we were saying, the rookies, while we're talking about rookies, you know, we mentioned him last week, Micah Parsons, you know, um, just it's you're seeing the game progress so fast, you know, and these guys come in and instantly make it known. I don't, I can't remember another rookie class like this um, that just came in. And it's like, Whoa, all right. This is a top five guy on his team. And there's five or six of them already, you know? Um, so you have that. And then the other thing too, that I, I like about uh, it, you know, when we talk side stories, you know, we finally were able to turn the page from Drew Brees. So you're getting to talk about that. Um, you're seeing Brady come back, you know, being just older than dirt, um, having fun with that. The Giants are still the Giants. They still are absolute trash, you know? Um, so we get to talk about that. Saquon's hurt. You know, Daniel Jones is hurt. Uh, Galladay's hurt. It's just, it's incredible. Um, and and through it all, the only, uh, as always, the only relevant thing about the Washington football team is a scandal. Brought it full circle. There we go. Full circle. No, you know, um, kind of mentioning a lot of these young players that you have, these first and second year players, uh, kind of going back to Dallas, you mentioned Michael Parsons. You can't mention, you know, that defense without Trayvon Diggs, um, younger brother of good old Stefan Diggs, who's um, having a decent season. Certainly not what Stefan Diggs did last year. Um, but dude, Little brother, for a guy that didn't want to play cornerback in college, my God, has he become the X factor of NFL defenses. I mean, six interceptions in five games. Yeah, he's not it's, playing cornerback. He's playing receiver at this point. If you have six <laughs> in five games, you're receiver. <laughs> it's absolutely stupid. And one thing I'll say about the young guys, and this is the fantastic part about the NFL, and I think it makes it kind of unique, is you can get a guy – first year coming in like that and completely transforms the way your offense works or your defense works. Like, you know, you, you don't see that in, in any other leagues really where a guy can step in right away and you have a team that may have won one, two games, two years before, like, you know, Cincinnati, now that they have Joe Burrow, now that they have these stud receivers, you know, I, I said they were a pretender. I, you know, after watching them the last couple of weeks, I really don't think they are anymore. Like, you know, they're full of, uh, at least on offense, they're full of studs. So, you know, the way these guys come in uh, at such a young age, like Danny was saying, basically knowing schemes and schematics and, and how the NFL works, because you're starting to see it being interchangeable with the way schemes work in college in the NFL. They're kind of stealing from one another. So these guys are coming in more prepared than ever and can kind of pick this up at a very quick rate like we're seeing. So, uh especially receivers, like you're seeing receivers come in, have a decent route tree already, and they can uh, come in and, and drop, you know, 1,200 yards in their rookie year, which is kind of just crazy to think about. But just, you know, 
the, the young studs keeping the NFL going, I think is exciting. And, and being able to step in from day one is, is it's fun. It makes the NFL, uh, the parody of the NFL, it, it keeps competition more fair. So I, you know, it, it's a great thing. Well, you know, kind of playing into that point, I think a big reason for that too is there's so many coaches now that it's not, hey, we're going to recruit you to play our system. No, we're going to build our system around you. We're going to highlight your attributes, what you're good at. Um, and that's kind of a page that, you know, we can we can say that's kind of taken out of Bill Belichick's playbook um, because he did that for so many years. And now, of course, it's gotten younger thinking involved with it. I think, um, you know, as as the game gets more youthful with its coaches, stuff like that, you know, we see more player coaches. We, we are seeing guys who just want to put their guys in the best possible position. You know, I, I'm not going to say ego isn't there because it is, but it has to be to some degree when you're competing at that high of a level. But you know, gone are the days of Bill Parcells. Gone are the days of <laughs> Tom Coughlin, who ruined the Jags. You're welcome, Danny. Um, you know, gone are the days of these old heads who are like, well, no, you're not good. You don't fit my system. You're, you're not going to play. Well, why don't you change your fucking system then? Look Fix at the it to where it benefits the players. <laughs> these you are the guys who have to win to, you games. Uh... Speaking of winning games, Jesus Christ, Leonard Fournette needs to stop right now. Let's go. Playoff Lenny. Dude, I'm playing Danny this week in fantasy, and Lenny's just going off. Um, yeah, but I think you're short there. I mean, to be fair, they are playing the Eagles. Should be this was supposed, supposed to be Tom Brady, damn it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just uh, – there's so many good things going right now for the NFL in terms of young talent. Um you know, as far as rookies go, I mean, Parsons and Chase, I think, are the two leaders of the class by far. Um, I think we kind of touched on that. I think Jamar Chase is kind of the bar none rookie of the year for offense, and I think Mike Parsons bar none rookie of the year for defense. Um, so, and as the season unfolds, I mean, we, I, I touched on this last week, and people are starting to buy into the hype and I bought in week one and that's the Dallas Cowboys. That team is fucking good. Um, barring a classic Dallas meltdown. I mean, that team's going to be tough to beat. They got a good defense, which is the first time in God knows how long since probably, you know, 2007, 2008, maybe. Um, and their offense obviously is filled with firepower, obviously led by Dak Prescott. So, um, Man, it is a good time to be an NFL fan right now. Now, I do have one question. So, I I obviously release my power rankings um, every week. And is the lone remaining undefeated Arizona Cardinals on top of both of yours? If you were to make your power rankings. Not on top of mine. I do have them in the top three. Uh, you know, I, I have a hard time between two and three because my, my number one team right now is Buffalo. I'll get that out of the way. I think, uh, you know, the Cowboys and Buffalo, they both play very complete games. You know, I, I don't think the, the Russian attack is as good for Buffalo. They kind of have, you know, those two running backs where they're not great, but they can give you a little bit of juice in different ways. So I, I do think at least in that aspect, Dallas has a little bit of leg up, but, 
good luck trying to stop that offense. And I think that defense is a little bit nastier than Dallas is, although Dallas is much improved. I think that is at least a top 15, top 16 unit. Uh, you know, Buffalo's got studs all over the defensive line with, you know, Ed Oliver. You, know, you have Micah Hyde in the back. You have Tredavious White, who's a lockdown corner. Uh, you know, although Diggs is playing probably just as well as is Tredavious White right now, which is crazy. But I'd probably have Buffalo number one. And then two and three is maybe pro- a coin flip between Arizona and uh, and Dallas, you know. You can't knock Arizona because they haven't lost the game yet. Uh, their offense has studs everywhere. They're, you know, when your fourth receiver is like Rondell Moore, I think your, you know, your offense is is pretty set. You have Kyler Murray who probably throws the prettiest football in the NFL. You know, I, I was a little. He's skeptical. so fun to watch. He's oh, so dude, fun. He's, you know, it's just it's almost like watching an ant kind of run around the ground and and you don't know where he's going to go. And then he just wiggles out and then off of one leg drops, you know, a 50, 60 yard bomb, you know, off of one foot. And it's like, how the hell can can he manage to do that? But that's what makes him so great. And and Mike, I saw you do the uh, the baby Yoda thing, which is fantastic. That's an awesome Dude, it's the best celebration, celebration in sports, like move over <laughs> gritty, because I love that one so much more. <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean arizona's definitely for real like there's there's no denying that uh kingsbury i don't know if i was too sure of him at first but it looks like i he's, wasn't he's he's adapted and he's grown he's he's uh become a, a pretty good play caller i i like to think he he manages offense very well and another thing he does is he doesn't get in his own way i think he lets you know the rest of his team kind of work itself out he doesn't stick his nose into things he doesn't need to he kind of runs his offense lets his guys run his his defense and special teams so you know they're they're not my number one but freaking awesome team this year nobody ever would have expected them to uh to be the lone undefeated team and i think kyler murray uh him and lamar probably 1a 1b for mvp right now lamar if you go and look at his stats right now, they're better than they were for his MVP year. And the That's man, just, there wasn't really many big passers his MVP year. He wills his team to win. Isn't is if you took him off of the Ravens, how many uh, games would they? Have won? Oh, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. But that being said, that's not what the MVP award goes to, Matthew. It goes to the shiniest new toy in the NFL. Exactly. Right? So, uh, <laughs> but Danny, before we got, we'll talk some MVP discussion. Um, let's, Danny, turn it over to you. I mean, what's uh, give us your top three? Yeah, I guess I'm the I guess I'm the contrarian because I I kind of follow that. You know, you're only as good as your record. Um, if you're sitting there and the only team with without a loss. Uh, you're going to always be at the top of my power rankings. That's just my preference. You know, I'm not knocking the other ones, but also, I mean, yes, they've beaten teams like the Jags and stuff. Um, You know, 109 yard kick six. Thank you. Our lone highlight of the year. Um, But you also are not only undefeated in the league, but you're two and oh in your division through five games. Um, And you beat, a very, very high-powered Rams team. And I was kind of shocked that you guys haven't didn't put the, the Rams in that conversation. Um, They're because in the Mike, conversation. Mike, you're going to hate me, but I have Dallas at four. Um, you're I, high. You're high. They I are go, number one. I go Cardinals. I go Bills, Rams, 
Cowboys, then probably either the Bucks or the Pack. I don't know. Um, I don't care at that point. Um, I think it changes this week. I think the Browns probably beat the Cardinals this week. Um, but for right now, yeah, that's just kind of the philosophy I follow. Um, you know, it's awesome to see Kyler. It's awesome, you know, like you said, Rondell Moore as your four. But how about the the small little revival, A.J. Green, who me personally um, – was on a, a three-year I will not touch AJ Green and fantasy football rule. Um, and it will include this year, but he's he's making a nice little comeback. And then you still have DeAndre Hopkins. You have a top three wide receiver with your quarterback who's playing at an MVP caliber. Um, you know, I, I think uh I think that's a, a great team that, you know, I think a lot of people slept on, including myself in the offseason. Um, but yeah, that's that's probably what I would do. That's good. I'm glad you have confidence. That is probably what you would do. I just don't trust the Cowboys, man. They've they've been fool's gold too often, you know, in the last, what, 10 years? Yeah, um, they have been. But I'm buying. I'm buying the stock. So I'll crash and burn with it, and I'll die on the hill if I need to. But, uh, yeah, mine was uh, obviously Cowboys, Bills, uh, Cardinals, and then Rams, Bucks right after. Chargers are another one. Um knocking on that door. I had them at six followed by the Packers. So, um, yeah, I mean, right now I think those are definitively the, the top seven teams, um, in the league at this point. Um, and down the stretch, it's going to be fun. Now we started getting into the MVP conversation. So, so let's, let's talk MVP. So, um, Kyler Murray obviously is a strong candidate right now. And, uh, let's just go ahead and eliminate everyone else from the equation. That is not a quarterback because, well, let's face it. You're going to have to do something absolutely insane. Like rush for, you know, 3000 yards in a season to even be considered outside of the quarterback. But, you know, right now, um, as it stands today, I mean, if it were my pick, I think honestly it's a toss up between um well, one old school, one new school, Tom Brady versus Justin Herbert. I think those are the two MVPs right now. Um Brady is on a collision course to have an absolutely stupid season. Um you know, his touchdown interception ratio is league best. Um, with, you know, 15 to two, um, he obviously just threw a pick in this game. So now we're looking at, I think 17 to three, um, but leading the league in yards right now, um, by about 150, the numbers are there. Um, and when it's all said and done, if he keeps going at the rate, he's going, I think it's going to end up being Tom Brady, uh, with Justin Herbert potentially knocking on that door so i'll knock on the uh the lamar jackson door a little bit more for you i'll, I'll get into that argument so on the right he's going i believe he'll be the first nfl player to go for 5,000 and 1,000 which is 5,000 passing yards 1,000 rushing yards like jesus christ i can't even comprehend that it's it's almost like mind-boggling uh for, for him to do that and and uh, i think he's got more total yards 
as of uh, today than a handful of teams. I don't mean, you know, quarterback. I don't mean, uh, you know, one specific player. Their entire team, he has more yards total than. So I think he. it's hard for me to not put him in there, and, and I want to discount him and, and say, you know, the NFL's figured him out, and, and I was even maybe one of those people that was kind of skeptical, saying maybe they have kind of figured him out. But every time somebody doubts him, it just seems like he comes through and adds another – you know, notch to his belt because people used to, to say that he couldn't uh, come back from behind. And he's shown us that, Hey, all right, you know, it may have taken me a year, but I can come back from behind and I can win a football game. Now, as we saw uh, against the Colts, you know, they were getting their asses kicked all game. And then he just wills his team to win, which I think is a quality that, you know, not every quarterback possesses. I think you have to have that to an extent to be a quarterback in the NFL, but you know, he just has that will that he will not lose. And and I think, you know, that's a quality that that flows through the rest of the team. So uh, personally, I think he's probably uh, my early favorite. But all the other people you mentioned, I mean, Justin Herbert's having a phenomenal year. Like, you know, how great does he look right now? Uh, winning close games, just lighting up. Three game winning drives under his belt right now. Let's go. And look what he did to the, uh, although it was a bullshit pass interference call, look what he did to the Browns. Uh, how many points did he put up in the fourth 47. quarter? Back to back to back. Hung it a 40 was, burger. <laughs> you know, it, it's unbelievable. So I, I think it's going to be a great race. You know, the you know, fact the thing that we have with this Lamar, many people the running for it. The thing with Lamar, and, you know, this is obviously outside of the kind of the conversation a little bit. My knock on Lamar will always be, what's he going to do in the playoffs? Now, obviously, the MVP is a regular season award, so the playoffs are null and void to that to that award. Um, but you know, when I because I am one of the people who says the NFL figures him out, but not in the capacity of oh yeah, you know he's never going to be good. I feel like a good comparison athlete or athlete wise would be Russell Westbrook in the NBA. Lamar Jackson's getting you to the postseason no matter what. Because he does so many things well. But the problem is, how efficient is he going to be when defenses tighten up? Because this is the this is the MO for the NBA and the NFL. It's the exact same. You get to the postseason. It's a different ballgame. Defenses tighten up. Um, and that's the thing. We haven't seen it yet. So that's that's my knock. But again, that's that's completely out of the realm of MVP awards because a regular season award um but uh danny what's uh what's what's your take yeah i mean every name you guys mentioned is is great um that's it's not fun. trevor lawrence stop that, that's <laughs> fun that's great that's neat it's week five it's not where you start it's where you finish um you know so i do give out of the names you mentioned i do give kind of the competitive edge to brady as much as i can't stand it but the other two names that I constantly float around, one, Patty Mahomes isn't going anywhere. 100%. He, he, he's going to click. And then the other one that comes to mind for me, and it's just because he finally has a supporting cast around him, is Matt Stafford. I think Matt Stafford could, could put together an MVP year um, that, you know, especially in that division where towards the end of the year, those games are going to mean something. Those games are getting flexed over the Jets, Miami, you know, whatever. Um, Those games are also getting colder 
and he played yeah. in Detroit. So he's been to Lambeau. He's played in the North. Yeah. And the thing is, the is, king of the North. Yes. Yes. But the thing is, is make no mistake about it too. The, the MVPs also, um, like you said, a quarterback contest really, but also a little bit of a popularity contest. You have to be relevant at that point. Um, so all, all the, you know, players we mentioned, all the teams we mentioned are probably in it at the end, but I just think that NFC West is going to be a dog fight right up until, you know, week 18 or whatever you want to call it. Um, your I think bottom feeder fi- is Seattle and San Francisco right now. It's stupid. Yeah. I, I think that favors someone like Stafford who's going to be getting that airtime too. Um, but, you know, if you're asking me to crown an MVP right now, unfortunately it's Brady. I can't stand him. You know that. Um, but Terrific Tom, baby. Yeah. If you're giving, hey, who do I think it could be? I think it could come down to Mahomes and Stafford, who right now aren't even in the, the conversation. But again, I'll tell you another person who's not in the conversation right now that uh, could be in it by, by year's end, and he's been known to go on six, seven, eight, nine-game streaks where he just completely blows competition out the water. Aaron, and he I might do it just despite his idiotic coach. That's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yep. I mean – He's not having a bad year. Um, Packers are four and one. And no, he's he's just the right kind of petty. So he's like fuck you tour this year. So yeah, like, well, guys, <laughs> well, I'm gonna go. Dude, do it I said again. it last year. I said it last year when he didn't get voted in the top ten players or whatever it was. I think it was the NFL hundred top ten. The last time he didn't make the top ten, he absolutely blew everyone out the water, won MVP. And I was like, guess what? He's going to fucking do it again. Aaron Rodgers is a selfish piece of shit in the best way possible. But, um, well, as we kind of wrap up here, of course, we got to, we got to end it on the high note. That is of course, fantasy, um, which right now for me is not a high note as I'm watching Leonard Fournette just fucking rip my team to shreds as Devonte Smith has been quiet. And Tom Brady has also been quiet. This is really unfortunate, especially playing against you, Danny, you know, mm-hmm. four and one, I'm three and two, um, beat the shit out of someone last week, hanging 230 points on them. And, yeah. And, uh, and to well, your credit, the, the average score for our league is, yeah, oh, one forty. You're yeah, you're you're probably winning. Um, not only did, was it two thirty, didn't he hang like one eighty nine or something like? That? It was one seventy five, I think. And damn it, it felt good to win that one. Um, but dude, I mean, you know, we've been joking about it. So again, I can't stress this enough. I've said it pretty much every week. Um, with Matt not being in our league, it's tough. We got to find a way to get our boy in the league, but, uh, let me in, let him in. Um, but go here this, this week in <laughs> Soche, I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ, the guy traded Tim Patrick for what Barnwell from the Eagles, their backup kind running back. Kind it's Gainwell. Game. That says a lot. Yeah. That kind of proves the point. <laughs> Not only that, Mike. You mentioned you mentioned uh, Leonard Fournette having a good good game. First off, uh, middle finger to you and the rest of the league because when I drafted him, you all called him the backup in Tampa Bay. Um, survey says this was false. Um, and then, in addition to that, 
to tack on to Soche's head scratchers. Um, I am now the proud owner for the last few weeks of Ronald Jones, who was inexplicably dropped. I don't know for probably Kenneth Gainwell. Um, <laughs> oh, he traded for Gainwell. Oh, so, well, he probably had him dropped and traded for him. I he don't know. Probably dropped him for Cameron Braid. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> Ray Finkel or something at this point. But, uh, but now I get the the handcuff too. So when Fournette inevitably gets banged up, I can still throw in an, an RB one and you know. So the best comment of the week though in our group me and like just the kill shot of the century. So he was like, "Please tell me." Someone in our league said, "Please." Please tell me there was some sort of prayer offering or something to make this trade <laughs> worthwhile. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just I, you know, God love him, and, and I mean, it's uh, here's the thing. I mean, it, his team's still doing great. You know, his team's not doing bad at all, despite him, you know, pulling a Rachel Phelps and pretty much trying to burn it to the ground just unintentionally. Um, he you know, like you guys don't know. What's are you so I am Kaiser so <laughs> Um I will tell you this week in fantasy, I went against Tom Brady in both my money leagues, hung like 50 points. Also went against Devontae Adams in one league, which was like 90 points off of uh, two players. Like I put up 138 and I think 128 in half-point PPR leagues, which is pretty damn respectable, and got smoked. So, F Tom Brady, at least last week. I love you, Tom, but you can go fuck yourself from last week. <laughs> in in my keeper one, huh? league, in my keeper league, we have a guy that has not spoken to us since Sunday. Or, I'm sorry, since Monday. He was up 111 points. His opponent had Lamar Jackson, Jonathan Taylor, and Mark oh, Andrews. No. And he ended up... <laughs> I'm not making this up. Screenshots can be provided. I um, can't even fathom how many people won or lost had, based off I of just that also, game. I think he also had like, not, it was probably like Rodrigo Blankenship or the defense or something. Like it was four people, but he was up 111 points and lose and, and lost by like 26 points. So yeah, he's, uh, we haven't heard from him. <laughs> He said I quit, and that was it. Yeah, him and I can share in each other's uh, misery for last week. So, yeah, um, just want to give everyone a, a live update as as of this recording. Um, current running back in the Philadelphia backfield is Miles Sanders, not Kenneth Gainwell. Really Doesn't matter? Wow, groundbreaking. So just to make get things get worse. Two, uh, so did you see the score game. in the uh, fan? Since y'all are both in the the couples league, I, it's not really a family league anymore. Um, but did y'all see my score in that league? No, my, in that league, I've been struggling to even break like seventy points the last two weeks. Yeah, congratulations on your seventy-five. Um, I, I broke seventy. Yeah, and Matt beat go. the. Beat the crap out of your wife. Fantasy, though, like, not I was not like, I life. assume that's Danny's wife. <laughs> yeah. so, so, side note, I wanted to bring it up earlier. When we were talking about Goodell, um, Jessica's in the next room, and she sends me a text message as we're talking about Goodell, and all it says is, Goodell is a prick. 
So I bring that up for two reasons. One, proves the point that he is hated. And two, uh, Matt, I think you had the stat of uh, 40% of women follow along, play fantasy football, all that. Yeah. Not only do they follow along, they know what's going on. I mean, she she's better in fantasy right now in that league than I am. Um, now that's that being the scary said, part. They're smarter they, than us, and they're playing fantasy football. Well, they don't <laughs> overthink. They don't sit there and they're like, no, you know what? This receiver is going to get more targets this year, and here's why. They're just like, oh, this guy's ranked higher. Okay, cool. I'm going to take pick him. him. When and she then drafted, they finish, you know, they win the when league. She, <laughs> when she drafted Gronkowski, when she drafted Gronk, I was like, what are you doing? Logan Thomas is right there. Gronk's not going to see – you know, anything but two or three catches a game now. Like, he can't do it, and then he goes off. And then like, I don't care about Lance Thomas. And then once he gets hurt, she starts Logan Thomas, who still fell in her lap, and then she picked up someone else because he got hurt. Like, I don't know. It's 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 let's, the voodoo. Let's, let's solve Dude, this equation know. right now. So here's the thing. Like, women in general are supposed to be the overthinkers, right? Here's why they're not. Because of shit like fantasy football. Now – they may overthink in relationships with us, um, which, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's not my fault to some degree. Yeah, they have uh, to deal with us. Mike wound right. up on the couch. Right. Like, <laughs> my wife has to deal with me every day. Bless her heart. Um, Good Lord help. But, like, you know, fantasy football, they're just like, all right, cool. No, this guy's ranked higher, so we're going to go with him. And they don't overthink. They don't. That's why they win. Meanwhile, I'm like, well, fuck, this matchup's really good, though, this week. Ooh, I might take a flyer on them. They don't take flyers. They go to the script. Yeah. Two two years ago, um, on, like, the ESPN overall rankings, Mahomes was, like, ninth or whatever, right? Jessica picks, I think it was, like, last, like, 10th or something. She's like, yeah, I'll go Patrick Mahomes. I don't even think she could pronounce his name right at that point. Like, I'm not joking. Like, I'm not making fun. You know, and everyone's like laughing. I'm pulling my hair out like, oh, great. I brought my wife into this fantasy football league. <laughs> she just drafted a quarterback in the first round. And then he goes off and has an MVP year. And wins MVP. <laughs> and she's like in the finals for like the last two years. I don't know. I'm just going to give her my phone and tell her to make me win. <laughs> well, man, you've been sucking, you know, it's okay. But uh, I'm going back to what I was kind of saying, bringing up this league. So going back to our good friend Soche, right? I hung 169 on his ass this week in that league, and uh, he put up 151. So this week was a good week in fantasy. You know, just pouring it on. Like, weeks I shouldn't win, and I'm just like, yeah, you know what? My team went off. Um, Thanks to, you know, uh, 20-plus points from uh, Jonathan Taylor. And then – Devontae yeah, Adams. One play was 13 points or something like that. Yeah. Dude, I just killing it. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor needed 13 points to win. He won. Um, but oh man, dude, I'm telling you, the strategy for fantasy football, you gotta draft handcuffs. Get them all. Screw over every opponent because guess what? The week they're hanging 70. You're hanging 130 because of it. I mean, dude, in the big money league, I cannot stress this enough. You know, in addition to Zeke, James Robinson, Joe Mixon, you know, I got Tony Pollard, Alex, Alexander Madison, Chuba Hubbard, 
Samaj Piran. Alexander Madison. Like, oh, dude, yeah, David Montgomery's out for uh, Chicago, so that backup. And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's out for a couple of weeks, so that the Running backs are going to go down, get the handcuffs, let that be your right. bench. Yeah, dude, legit- and that's a great strategy. In in our big pay league, I legitimately picked up Marlon Mack because I had a, a spot to put him, right? Because um, Montgomery's on IR and I have Montgomery. And there's rumors that Mack may get traded to Kansas City because of the uh, – because of the Clyde injury. So it's like, ah, I'll take a flyer. But I'd still rather have Marlon Mack than you know who? Kenneth Gainwell. <laughs> I think he got like a 33% uh, share of touches last week, which is still crazy in the Colts' backfield with Hines and uh, Taylor. But, yeah. like, you know, it's a perfect strategy. Pick the guy up if he's rumored to be traded. You know he can get the job done. And then – you know, if he gets traded somewhere, running back. Holy shit, are we about to get a Gainwell sighting? I really hope while we're talking, we all eat crow and Gainwell goes for a 30-yard touchdown. Yeah, right? 40-yard dash for a touchdown. I'll is that call Gainwell so- or is that Sanders? I'll call so- no, that's Sanders. Congratulate him. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's fantasy football. It's great, you know? You get to see the the ugly side of your friends. Like for example, our league champion has been quiet the last two weeks, like literally not a peep because he's been losing. Like he's a guy that shows up when he's winning, but he starts losing. He does not know how to talk. And it's, we all know a guy like that, right? Right. We all know a guy like that. And, uh, you know, can't deal with blockheads. Am I right? No, nah, no. Matt, this is a Matt, blockhead Matt free gets zone. The joke and the reference. Oh, I do, man. It's a blockhead free zone. <laughs> but other than that, um, it's been another great episode. As always, it's a pleasure to uh, share the pod and uh, have some fun talking NFL. But as always, honor the huddle. And uh, when I say best of luck in fantasy this week to everyone including you two and everyone listening. I mean, eat shit. I hope your team loses and I hope I win always. So honor the huddle. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hotard Huddle podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow the podcast on all major platforms such as Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Don't miss any updates from HotardHuddle.com by going to the website and subscribing to our email list. You can also follow Hotard Huddle on Facebook and Instagram at Hotard Huddle. As always, honor the huddle.